0: ION 2020 episode 118. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host. That brings you the news-related events and the things that are going on in the 2020 election every single day, Monday through Friday. That's right. And uh, this is Ion on 2020. That is your source for all of that information, and I appreciate you joining me today. I went camping over the weekend and really had a good time. A little Father's Day camping trip. We invited a bunch of families up to a place uh, in North Carolina that's actually as a campsite that's right on the lake. The only problem is, is you got to carry a lot of your stuff in it's probably about three or four hundred yards or so that you got to carry a bunch of stuff but man it gets uh maybe a little bit less than that but it it gets brutal when you're carrying tents and all that stuff and uh lots of other camping equipment as well had four different sites that we booked and it was great man we had a good time uh went ahead and did a little bit of hiking we'd hiked the two tallest peaks on the east coast i know all y'all people out west that's nothing there's only like they're like 6800 feet high or something like that i know that's nothing for all y'all folks out west but uh for the east coast that's pretty good it was fun i uh, h- hiked the two highest peaks there's about like a two mile two or three mile stretch in between the two highest peaks so we went from one to the other and uh, had a good time went back to the lake went some, did some swimming and stuff and uh feel a little very fresh and relaxed kids loved it all the kids loved it and uh Here I am now making sure that I have the best episode I could possibly put together for you guys. And I've been actually working on this episode for a little while as well because it's starting to... Just the research and stuff that I've been doing for this show. It's been just the idea behind it is that... Why do young people really just love Bernie Sanders, right? That's That was... I mean, they they loved him in two thousand fifteen. They loved him in two thousand sixteen. They love him now. Uh, I remember back in two thousand sixteen, my nephew he was I don't know he might have been 18 19 years old. I think he was a freshman in college at the time, and he became one of those Bernie Bros. Went out there campaigning for Bernie in Florida and just loved the guy. And I was you know talked highly of him and thought he was the greatest thing in the world. And I just wonder why millennials like this guy. So I started doing a little bit of research on that. I was just wondering and uh that's how i came up with the show today so i've been working on it and i figured i'd go ahead and put this thing together for you guys so that you can have an idea of why do young people love bernie sanders why is it why is that so uh go ahead though while you got a second subscribe to the show first time listener if you're coming in you're you know you saw bernie sanders on this episode you're like holy cow i love bernie too let me go ahead and uh And listen to this show. And if you like what you hear at the end, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Because I want to make sure that you can get all of the libertarian points of view as well. So if you are a Bernie supporter, you know how to talk to your libertarian friends. And you'll know how to do that by listening to this show on a daily basis, right? Because you'll have a libertarian perspective on things. Uh, And if you are a libertarian, go ahead and subscribe to the show as well. Because I make sure that I put together some great content for you guys. So you can know how to talk to your friends and get them to maybe change, challenge their status quo. Maybe you can uh, help them to learn about liberty understand libertarian principles. Because that's what we talk about on this show on a daily basis. And uh, if you keep on coming back, I appreciate you coming back as well. Go ahead and give me that five-star rating if you'd like. That's the easiest thing you can do, right? You type in ION 2020 on your podcatch, whatever app you're using. And then you scroll on down and you give me five stars. Boom, right there. And the way that, what that does is it helps with those algorithms so that when, uh, Apple and the other podcasts, podcatchers are, uh, you know, when people search in those for a libertarian podcast, they'll find me. So, uh, go ahead and do that if you can. I'd appreciate that. I really would. And, uh, if you give me a review, I would certainly appreciate that, appreciate that as well. You can follow me, Ion2020.com. You can also, uh, check out facebook and twitter and type in Ion 2020 you'll find me there and if you want to share your story if you want to share your what you're doing for the libertarian movement you can do that ray at Iontheempire.com. i will start i talk about different people's shows different people's websites i will definitely share stories as well of what you're doing locally for your community to spread liberty among your friends if you have some stories about that that would be great I'd love to feature those as well. And the reason why is because I want to gather people together in this movement to really spread the word of liberty. We have a winning message. We do. We have a message of peace that resonates with people. We have a message of non aggression that resonates with people. We have a message that says that people can get together for a common goal, right? We do and work together as people without the intervention of the government, without the state telling us that we have to do it this way or that way or another way. We work together as people. That's what we can do. So that's why I do this show every single day to try to spread that message of liberty. And I want to feature those people that are doing the same thing on this show so we can gather and movement together and inspire others to do the same thing. And that's why... I'm putting together this show every single day for you guys so that we can uh, gather this movement together. That's what we're doing. We're spreading the message of liberty to the millennial generation, to Generation X, to Generation Y, to Generation Z. Those people are coming up after them. My kids considered, I guess they'd be considered Generation Z now. I was looking that up. That's the kids that are born after 1999. Those are the kids that all they know in their lifetime is war. That's it. They don't remember a time before there was war. They don't remember a time before 9-11. They only know a war, like a, a, a country that is on the war footing, that is fighting terror, that has a government that is looking for enemies everywhere they go. That's all they know. And we need to spread that message to them as well and the retirees and to those people in between. we need They need to know that message of liberty as well. They need to be rem- reminded of what liberty is because a lot of them may have forgotten that. So let me go ahead and hop into the topic of the day, though, and that is why on earth do millennials love Bernie Sanders? So I was looking at a poll that was in California, and uh, it was done in California recently, And the poll was showing, you know, different candidates at different levels, you know, with different groups and so forth. And I was looking at the millennial generation. That was people that were like 20 to 33 or something like that. And it was showing, I think it was 18 to 30. The people that were 18 to 30. And they overwhelmingly were supporting Bernie Sanders. Like the highest number on this list was for Bernie Sanders at 39% of The people that were polled in California were going for Bernie Sanders in the presidential election right now. 39%. Every other number was like at 20%. Like Kamala Harris between the... And she's from California, right? And she should be getting way more support. So it was the top person getting the support was Joe Biden. And that was overall for everybody that was polled. Joe Biden, then I think you had um, Bernie Sanders, and then Elizabeth Warren, and then came Kamala Harris, and then came, you know, Pete Buttigieg and so forth. Right? You know how the polls are; they're all kind of very similar in different states. In the last show that I did, I talked about uh, Massachusetts how forty percent of people were undecided. Well, I think in California it was more like nine or ten percent of people that were undecided. So huge difference. And both of them are libertarian or liberal bastions of you know, places where liberals feel very comfortable, right? So only like 10% of people in California were undecided. But when I started looking at these numbers, one of them stuck out to me, and it was the age groups. And on the age groups, 39% of people that were 18 to 30 were Bernie Sanders supporters. 39%, it just blew my mind. Almost 40% of people that were polled were going to vote for Bernie Sanders. And I was like, why is it that young people love Bernie Sanders? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's what, that was the question I had, so I had to look it up, right? And I'm going through some more stuff, and I'm looking at millennials, and I type in, well, why do millennials trust government? Because Bernie Sanders, he's talking about more and more government, right? That's all he's talking about is the government needs to do this, the government needs to do that. So I'm like, why do, why do millennials seem to trust government so much more? And I found a, another poll that was done, and it showed that millennials do not trust government. Only 19% of them trust government to do the right thing. 19%. Now during wartime, like if you look at all these different ratings for trust of government, it seems like the government is the most trusted during wartime. So with George W. Bush, right around the time that he launched the invasion of Iraq, trust in government shoots up. Same thing with George, the the original George Bush, George Bush's father, right? He, during wartime, when he initially went, invaded Iraq a long time ago, in the 90s, government trust goes up to like 70-80%. But ever since that initial that peak in around 2004 trust in government has slowly been declining on all groups blacks whites hispanics all generations all of them they're slowly starting to have less support in trust in government right they're right now all of the groups around you know 14 15 percent the millennial generation has the highest trust in government at like 19 percent the highest trust in government right now at 19 percent every other generation has less trust in government than the millennial generation so they are the ones that trust the government the most but they have very little trust in the government as a group very little trust in government they do not trust the government to do the right thing so why on earth do they support bernie sanders that was my question, right? Why are they supporting Bernie Sanders, then, who is all about more and more government? That's all he talks about. The government needs to get involved in health care. The government needs to control colleges. The government needs to control the, chi- you know, the raising of your children by sending them to daycares, giving them free food, giving them free this, free that. He has a plan for everything that the government should be doing for these people. So why do millennials who, own less than 20% of them trust the government to do the right thing, why would they put so much support behind a guy who wants to have the government take over more and more stuff? It doesn't seem to make sense to me at all. It doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't make sense to you either. And I start, you know, I'm just doing more and more research on this. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. I can't find anything. I'm trying to find ranks on what the millennial generation, what the things that they look at the most with their candidates, I'm trying to figure out what their ranked issues are, right? Like, is environmentalism the number one thing that they're concerned about? Or is it education? Or is it social issues? I don't know. I mean, that's what I was trying to find it, and I couldn't find anything on those on those ranked choices. You'd think they would do something. But I scrolled through Google, and I was just searching and searching and searching, And couldn't find anything, really, that shows what the millennial generation cares about the most. One of the things that i found, it says that the millennial generation, they are less likely to be civic-minded as a whole than the the other generations. And that's true only because they're younger, I'm sure. For example, whenever you talk about the millennial generation having less net worth than the generations that are older than them obviously that's true because they're younger younger people have le- less net worth than older people that's just a fact right so that's not surprising to me when i see that but the the, the press they make it sound like there's a, that's a big issue that that's something that is detrimental to society that they have less net worth than the generation x or the boomer generation but that's obviously true but why do they trust government, or why do they distrust government? Yet they're going to vote for somebody like Bernie Sanders. They're going to get support. They're going to support somebody who is calling for more government. I couldn't find too much, but I did find a little bit, and that's what I would. Let me go ahead and talk about that. So, one of the pe- one of the articles that I found it says that Bernie Sanders resonated with young people. Because he talked about holding government accountable. And he does. He talks about that consistently. That government needs to be held accountable for their actions and da 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 all the crony capitalism that goes on and so forth. But one leader, one person, Bernie Sanders, is not going to be able to fix that. That has to be a cultural shift. That has to be a shift In the way that government does business, right? For example, the government does so much and is so intrusive in our society that it has its hand in everything. So there's going to be cronyism out there. There's going to be people trying to lobby their senators, lobby their congresspeople. There's going to be lobbyists in Washington the more that the government does, the more lobbyists there's gonna be lobbyists there's gonna be. It's just the way it is. For example, someone's gonna lobby for gun rights, another one's gonna lobby against gun rights because they know that the government has control of that issue. Same thing with the press. There's gonna be someone that's lobbying against free press. There's gonna be somebody that lobbies for free press and there's going to be a lobby, there's going to be a group there that's going to try to do that same thing with like the ACLU American Civil Liberties Union they're trying to protect people's civil liberties they do it through court hearings and stuff like that but they're going to have an office in Washington to try to do to try to lobby their congress people there's going to be lobbyists but let's get into the corporate side of that as well the government spends a ton of money on weapons on weapons of war, they do. They spend a ton of money on boots for soldiers. They do on clothes for soldiers. They do the food for soldiers, transportation for soldiers, the bombs, the guns, the airplanes, the ships. Trillion, like trillions of dollars over ten years will be spent on that. So these companies know that. If they can get a piece of that trillions of dollars over the next 10 years, that's good for shareholder value, right? So what are they going to do? They're going to send lobbyists to Washington to make that happen. To make sure that they have their Congress and bought and paid for, just like the ACLU would, which is generally a good organization. Just like the gun rights advocates are going to do, which is generally a good thing. So you need the good, but you're going to get the bad along with it because the government controls so much money that's going out. But then on the other side, the money that's coming in, you're going to have the people that are trying to protect their interests as well to pay less in taxes. So you're going to have lobbyists that are trying to do that as well. For every single group of people, everyone wants to pay less in taxes, so they're going to have their lobbyists there. The corporations, the individuals, this group, that group, the people that are, you know, the, the real estate groups and so forth. They're going to try to protect those things. Like, for example, one of the biggest tax breaks you can take as a homeowner is your mortgage interest deduction. Well, why is, why is there a mortgage interest deduction? Because the lobbyists in Washington for the real estate organizations, the realtors, made that happen. And that's protected. So that is why there's going to be lo- lobbyists in Washington, because there's money to be had by doing it. I think I said this on a past show. If you can make a billion-dollar tax cut by spending $2 million in Washington, that's the best investment you could possibly make. You get a 98% return, or not a 98% return, like a, nine, like a you know, 998% return on that investment, that's insane. That's, amount, that's a lot of money. I think it's like a 9,000. I'm doing the math. Man. I think it's a 9,000% return. Like, Why wouldn't you do that as a business? You need to spend that $2 million every single year. Shoot, you might as well spend $10 million on it, or even $100 million on it if you're going to have that much of a return. Because you're dang sure not going to have that much of a return. If you go manufacture more goods and products, so you better hire as many lobbyists as you can, get as many Congress people under your belt. So, if you want to hold government accountable, Bernie Sanders, this is what you do, buddy. This is it. Get the government's hands out of a lot of that stuff, almost all of it. You'll have less lobbyists there trying to control their Congress people, and then you could hold government accountable. So, that is a hot button issue for millennials. Holding government accountable. Bernie Sanders, he talks about holding government accountable, but his solution is more government. Well, that causes more lobbyists and less accountability. That causes more people to go trying to figure out how to get more money out of the government or less, or get more tax breaks out of the government and so forth. So, that is. Yes, he is speaking to their issue, but the libertarian, we have the answer to that issue. That's what we have. We have the answers to those issues. Not Bernie Sanders. He speaks a good game, but he doesn't have the solution to the problem. He just talks about the problem. I've always thought that about Bernie Sanders. He knows what the problems are, he does. He just has the wrong solution to fix those problems. So another one, hot button issue for the millennials, the protection of the environment. Bernie Sanders wants to protect the environment. That's an easy thing to say. Hey, let's protect the environment. That's really easy, you know? I'm for protecting the environment. There's no cost associated with saying that. There is a difference, though. There's some people that want to protect the environment that actually act on that. Like, for example, my sister. I I don't know if you guys have ever heard me say this. She's a liberal. She's uh, she's a college professor. So um, usually, seems like college professors seem like they're more liberal. That's fine, whatever. Um, But she will not use paper towels in her house. She will not. She goes. There's a cost associated with her environmentalism because she goes the extra mile to make sure that they don't even use paper towels i'm lucky to get to wipe my butt with toilet paper at her house when i go there to be honest with you i'm sometimes i'm surprised when i walk into the into the bathroom and there's toilet paper there because of the way that she is an environmentalist right she doesn't use like single-use plastics like she has made changes to her life because of her belief in protecting the environment so she's taken what I call free market actions to make those things happen. She even pays more for her electricity because she drives to she, she buys it through this company, I guess that does some kind of carbon offsets or I can't remember exactly what it does, but they pay her electric bill with a premium because an extra, you know, percentage I guess goes towards making sure that She can say that she got it all through wind energy or some type of clean energy solution. Like, she's taken steps in her life. There's a cost associated with that. She's willing to pay the cost, though, because she believes in it. But Bernie Sanders, I'm an environmentalist. I want to protect the environment. No, 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 no. You want the government to mandate stuff. You want the government to control stuff. And you know what happens when you have the government doing that? What happens with that? You get more lobbyists in Washington that are trying to get their piece of the pie. You get more people saying wind is the best way. No, 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 solar is the best way. No, 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 hydroelectrics is the best way. No, 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 nuclear is the best way. But none of those are the best way. We don't know what the best way is because it hasn't been invented yet. But it will happen. There's a demand for that. My sister is the proof of that. She's the demand for that. More and more people, if you, as an environmentalist group, got away from this idea that the government's to do it and start taking those resources and trying to change hearts and minds, then you'll have an effect on the world because more demand for those products will cause those prices of those products to come down, and businesses will stop investing in the coal and the and the other stuff, and they'll start investing in clean energy solutions and you might find out that solar power isn't the best way but we have these wind farms or we have this or wind farms aren't the best way because we've figured out how to make solar so cheap somebody will figure it out though if there's a demand for it but it doesn't need to be a government solution but Bernie Sanders he talks about a government solution to it But all we know about government is that it causes more lobbyists to get up there and petition. It causes money to be invested in the wrong things. Solyndra, I think, was one of them. Like, the money is invested the wrong way. Now, that's one example, but you can count lots of examples of places where the government will invest money that is not the best solution to the problem. But... That's taxpayer money that's confiscated from them in order to fund something that more likely, in the case the Solyndra idea, that person was just politically well connected, and that's why they were able to get those that money from the government. <clears throat> so, millennials they want to protect the go- they, they want to protect the environment. We have the answers to that as libertarians, we do. We have the answer to holding government accountable. We do. Those are the hot-button issues for the millennials, and that's why they're talking about Bernie Sanders. We have the answers to those issues as libertarians. Another one that they say is no corporate funding, that Bernie Sanders does not take any corporate funding. Libertarians, we believe in the idea that the government should do so little that it wouldn't even matter if corporations funded it or not because corporations would not be invested in the idea of funding the government because they know they couldn't even get anything out of the government if they did that's what we believe so in our ideal world there would be no corporate funding and if there was it wouldn't even matter because there would be so little corruption because the government does so little but that's our ideal world that's a dream world that libertarians have the real world that we live in though how do, you, how do you solve that problem? Well, let's start electing leaders that are not willing to take corporate funding. That's great. That's a good idea. That are not willing to budge on their ideology that says that the government should not be involved in certain things because it's not constitutional. So no corporation would want to fund that person because of that someone like a Ron Paul who had a sign that says if you're a lo- basically if you're a lobbyist don't come bother me because I'm not going to you're not going to get anything out of me. And they would know that. Dr. No, I think is what they called Ron Paul. Because he was willing to vote no on those things. No corporate funding. Well, my dream world is a world where you don't need cor- corporations don't need to fund Government because they do. Does the government does so little? And if you really want to get into corporations, I'll do a show on that as well. But um, anyway, I don't want to get too far too deep into that topic there. So anyway, the other the last issue that are hot button issues for millennials, obviously, women's rights, minority rights, and LGBTQ rights. I can tell you for a certainty that libertarians have always been good on those issues. It's government that enabled slavery, made it the law of the land, inscribed it into the Constitution, made it so that if a slave did escape to the north, the Fugitive Slave Act came into effect and that slave would be forced to be taken back down to the south and given back to its owner to his owner the fugitive slave act was a government program jim crow laws were government laws separate but equal enshrined in the laws of the land that's what they were those were laws that were passed in order to segregate people It was the government that caused a lot of that stuff. The institutionalization of racism—it was institutionalized into our government. I can tell you what: if a black person and a white person walk up to me and want to buy something from me, I'm not going to choose who's going to. I'm not going to make a choice. You can both buy from me. I don't care. It's money, money in my pocket, baby. I'll take it. It doesn't matter. Right. Capitalism has no, there's no such thing as racism in capitalism in that sense. Because the person that refuses to sell to the white person or the person that refuses to sell to the black person somebody else is going to spring up next door and do the same thing. Same thing with the cake situation. Bake the cake. I'm not going to make a cake for somebody that going to. is, gonna, I'm not going to make a cake for a gay wedding. Well, that's fine. Go down the road. Somebody else absolutely will and they're going to benefit from that. But we're making it such a big deal. We're making it such a big deal. There is no such thing as racism or sexism or homophobia in capitalism. And when I say capitalism, that's a, that's a word that people think negatively of. If you're not a libertarian. But when I say that, I say what I mean by that is just commerce. There's no racism in commerce unless it's institutionalized in the, f- the form of the government. So um, the libertarians are right on that issue. Bernie Sanders, he wants to force people to do things specifically in order to say that, hey, we're not racist, we're not sexist, we're not homophobic. Look, we have laws that make it illegal for you not to serve that person. That's fine. That's fine that you should serve that person, but if you don't, that is kind of your right too. But should it be institutionalized in the way that that the baker has to bake that cake? I don't think so. I don't think so. But then again, in commerce, there's no such thing as racism in that world. There's not. Because somebody else will decide to bake that cake, and they're going to have a competitive advantage over the person that doesn't. That's all there is to it. So the person that doesn't is going to go to business. They're going to be... They might you know they might have crowds come out that start picketing in front of their store. That's fine. I, I I'm okay with that. It's perfectly okay to boycott somebody. That's a free market way to get the word out there about something that is wrong. But it doesn't need to be the government that does it. It does not. But I think Bernie Sanders will be on the side of the government doing it, government forcing it. Government force is always wrong, guys. It is. So anyway we have the right we we are right on these issues as libertarians. We hold the government accountable. We protect the environment. We make it so that corporate funding isn't even a necessity anymore and we've always been for the rights of the minorities in the in the LGBTQ community and women. We've always been for those rights. So We are right on these issues. Bernie Sanders talks about it, though, and that's why he has the support. 39% of people that are in the millennial generation in California support Bernie Sanders. We have that ability to bring those people over to us. We just have to have our message clear, concise, in a way that people will listen. And that's where it comes to you to make that happen. We as a group of people can get out there and bring this message to other people, and that's what we can do every single day. Keep on listening to the show. Keep on sharing the show with your friends so I can have this message get to people. But also, you can do something for this movement. I know you can. I'm going to be featuring people on the show and what they're doing. Make it a point now to be somebody that's featured on this show in a future episode, all right? And then come on back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. So, I have a featured website for you guys, I do, and this is by Andrew Kern. He publishes all the works on this site. It's called PrincipledLibertarian.com. So, he seeks to present a version of libertarianism that is consistently anti-state, pro-decentralization, and pro-private alternatives while rigorously defending these ideas, and he does this through articles on his site. He has uh, different... You know, blog posts that he's posting on a regular basis and it seems like he is definitely a strong libertarian that has a very good point of view so you guys should check him out Uh, one of the articles that i found is called the standing army a threat to peace and he goes into it looks like the way that the army over time has become a standing army and also the idea that the founding fathers did not want The army to be a standing army at all times. So, anyway, check out this website. He definitely gets in some really good points of view, and I think that you guys will enjoy it, especially if you are a principled libertarian. And that is principledlibertarian.com.